Hello, everyone, and welcome to localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Jenna Konar, and you're listening to Community Concepts, which invites you to explore the organizations in your community and learn about their practices regarding employment. Today, we're learning more about the topic of how women can unknowingly sabotage their career success. To discover more on this subject, I'm speaking with Wendy Kaplan, CEO of Vision Quest Consulting. Wendy is also the author of the best-selling book, Your Next Bold Move for Women, and the author of the Inc. Magazine article, 12 Ways You Might Be Making Gender Bias Worse, which is the topic of our conversation today. Thanks so much for joining me, Wendy. You're welcome. I'm really happy to be here, and I love talking about women and their leadership, so it's a gift to be able to start my day this way, so thank you. So do you want to start off by just giving us a brief overview of the work that Vision Quest Consulting does, particularly with women? So Vision Quest Consulting is a leadership development firm for top talent, and we work with executive leaders. And we're based in the Boston area, New England, and we have more than 20 plus years of experience doing the work of developing top talent of industry-leading companies that are all across the board, healthcare, finance, banking, professional services, etc. And what we specialize in is assisting high potential and top talent individuals to step into their A-game and expand their capacity and ability to perform at their personal best and inspire their teams to deliver outstanding results and really be a driving force in organizational change. Although we work with both men and women, the work that we do with women is focused on helping women become, inspire them to expand their capacity Mm -hmm. to make a difference and step into their leadership potential. And we do that in two ways. One, we run two retreats a year that women from all over the country come to. And we go into companies to deliver programs and workshops and presentations and keynotes and that sort of thing. So when when you're working with women, uh, most people are familiar with the term glass ceiling, especially when it applies to women in the workplace. But there's also what is known as the sticky floor syndrome. Would you be able to explain to our listeners what that is? Yeah. I think all of us are familiar with the concept of glass ceiling, Mm -hmm. where the idea of it is that there's some block above you that prevents you from rising up, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of barrier. Although I think that's true in some situations, in some corporations, in some environments, I feel that women are our own worst enemies. So I've been thinking about, really, we hold ourselves back and mm-hmm. maybe it's a sticky floor instead of a glass ceiling, but what I've even been thinking about more, it's like it's the sticky feet syndrome. Like mm-hmm. we do it to ourselves where we hold ourselves down and we hold ourselves back because, well, so many different reasons for, for depending on who we are. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into those reasons actually today. A few of those that you've identified You've actually identified 12, so we wanted to cover six in this portion of the podcast. But the first three all relate to communication in the workplace, and those behaviors are apologizing, asking permission, and using minimizing language. So why would you say that these behaviors in particular are harmful to a woman's career? Well, first of all, men don't do any of these. And Mm -hmm. so you're competing 
competing for positions, roles, responsibility with the whole workforce, and including men, and men never apologize. Now, I'm talking generically, mm-hmm. so don't take it as like every woman does this or every man does that. They don't. Mm-hmm. But women are typically less confident, less sure of themselves, question themselves. Men never question themselves. <laughs> and by using these apologizing, asking permission, minimizing language, which we can talk about in a minute, it really minimizes the importance of what you have to say. It shows that you're not confident and it demonstrates that you don't know how to make a strong or an effective request for what you want and what you believe in. So those are the main reasons. Why do you think that we then, as women, do have a tendency more so than men to ask permission and to apologize frequently when we're in the workplace? Well, I think that it's not just in the workplace. I Mm -hmm. think we do it everywhere. Let's just look at apologizing for a moment. You know, you might go into your boss's office or a colleague's office, and you might start by, oh, sorry, am I bothering you? Mm -hmm. Well, if you were sorry, you wouldn't be in there. So you might want to ask, is this a bad time? But stop apologizing before you even start. Mm. My favorite on apologizing is listen to every woman's voicemail message. (laughs) (laughs) The majority of us say, sorry, I can't answer the phone right now, which is like, we're not sorry. What? Should we be at everyone's beck and call just because they're calling? (laughs) No, we're not sorry. We're not available. Then when we're moving into the minimizing language in particular, could you explain what minimizing language is, maybe for those who are unfamiliar with that? Yeah, probably most people are like, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, it's any words that you might use that could lower the importance of something you're about to say. Mm -hmm. So here are two that women often use, the word just. I just wanted to ask you. No, you didn't just want to ask. You wanted to ask. And so not to put that qualifier in. It's a qualifier that somehow women think makes them feel less like they're intruding on somebody else's space somehow. Mm -hmm. It's a little like they're asking permission just by using the word just. The second word that makes me crazy is the word little. I have something little I want to talk to you about. I just need few moments, just a little bit of your time. It reminds me of being pregnant. When you're first pregnant, I hear uh, sometimes women say, well, yeah, I'm a little bit pregnant when they're announcing it, you know, at work or something. No, you're not a little bit pregnant. You're pregnant. (laughs) There's no such thing as a little bit. You either are or you aren't. And that applies to what you're asking for and what you're requesting and what you're trying to create for yourself. So you kind of gave us a couple of examples there. And actually, I just use minimizing language by saying kind of, which is one, of, true. Which is one of my faults. <laughs> but did you have any other examples of maybe how a woman might use minimizing language and how she could word her sentence instead? Yeah, so you just used two, so I'm not picking on you. But <laughs> it's a great example of like, we just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So you said how we might use minimizing language that may something or other. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the end of the sentence, but a better way to reframe that, would you give us, not could you, mm-hmm. are you able? Yes, of course I'm able. So mm-hmm. would you give us an example or a couple of examples of minimizing language that impact our ability to be effective? Mm-hmm. So see how that sounds compared to 
could you just give us a few examples mm-hmm. of minimizing language that might or could impact our ability, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's just too many qualifiers. Yeah, it just uh-huh. takes it down a notch. Like what you're saying is not that important. And it really is important. So then I wanted to move on to some of the other problems that relate to the way that many women can doubt themselves in the workplace. And those are questioning ourselves and waiting until we're experts before taking on a new role. In your opinion, why do women generally tend to doubt themselves more than men do when it comes to their careers? Jen, I don't think this is just at work, Mm -hmm. a just at work issue. I feel as if women doubt themselves throughout their whole life in every area, in relationships, in love, having friendships and girlfriends and work. It just goes deep. So I don't know, psychologically, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Potentially, it could come from what my coach and teacher calls our historical soup, like the waters in which we swim in or were born into circumstances and where women have had to really promote themselves Mm -hmm. and take a stand for themselves because all through history, how we haven't. So not to go down that conversation today, because that's a big conversation Mm -hmm. about how women have moved up in the world throughout history. But a more local conversation about that is why do we doubt ourselves? Well, I think we don't believe that we're as powerful as we are. Mm -hmm. I often feel that we think We don't deserve something, or we're not quite ready for it. Here's a perfect example of this. So last week, I had two clients, both in their 20s, both who hated their jobs, and were trying to figure out what the heck they were going to do. And the guy said, so this is not an age-related issue, which is why I'm picking the 20-year-olds to give as an example. Okay. So the the guy says, well, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do next, but I'm really marketable, and it'll probably take me like, I don't know, a month to get a new job. Mm-hmm. Now, the woman, who's the same age, got a different skill set, but still as strong, says, you know, I really don't know what I'm going to do next. I really hate this job. I'm not sure I'm qualified to do anything else. It's probably going to take me a really long time to figure it out and to try and sort through how to present myself in a way that I'll be happy next. Hmm. And that's what women do. And that's how the, di- the difference, the stark difference, men think when they're tapped on the shoulder to be offered an opportunity or promotion or more uh, expanded role and responsibility. I just had a client last week that got promoted. Big, huge job. Hmm. And he didn't know really if he was a good match for it, but he was the only, I was the only one he told that to. And what he said was, I can do this job and I'll figure it out when I get there. (laughs) And I'm not sure I'm the best match for it, but they've offered it to me. It would be political suicide for me not to take it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take it and I'll figure it out. What a woman would do in that role, given the same opportunity, would say, I'm not sure I'm not ready. I have a client who did the same thing. Mm -hmm. A big Fortune 10 company who got offered a next job and she said, I'm not sure I'm ready for it. I'm not sure I'm lined up if I have the right connections to do it. I'm not sure if I'm prepared. I have the right level of experience. So she went through all that agita before saying yes. So then when women are in this situation, what can they do to be more confident in their abilities? Is it just changing the way you think or are there practical steps you can take in order to be more confident? 
I think that women, I think men the same, everybody needs an external advisor and sounding board. And we cannot see ourselves. We cannot see how we come across. We cannot see our how people perceive us, our personal brand, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to look at, it's like when my husband and I just came back from a vacation and we were taking, and it was a warm climate vacation. We went to Hawaii. And so we took pictures of each other on the beach. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who's been on this six to nine months, I'm losing weight thing, looked Mm -hmm. at himself and he's lost 40 something pounds. So he looks great. Mm -hmm. But he looked at the picture of himself and said, oh my God, I have so much further to go. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't know how he looked. So we don't know how we look. We don't know how we sound and we don't know how we come across. And the only way to know that is to get an outsider's viewpoint as to what your impact and how you come across. So I think hiring an external sounding board, a coach, a mentor who has only your best interest at heart. And I say external because if you use somebody inside, it's political suicide. I don't care how close a friend you think they are. Mm. When tough decisions have to be made, your friend will let you go if they have to. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing you can do. Resources to help you. Well, on my website, Vision Quest Consulting, and also wendykaplan.com, I have free resources to help you get started. And that might be a good place to start. Low cost of entry, so to speak. Right. So then moving on to the final problem that we wanted to cover in this podcast, The final problem that women face is failing to build a personal brand. Why would you say that building a personal brand is so important for anyone's career, but for a woman's career in particular? I think that how we, what I just said a minute ago is the foundation. How we perceive ourselves is not how others see us. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I do when working with a new client is we do what we call stakeholder interviews, where they pick 10 people that know them well at work. Some of them might be raving fans and the other end of the spectrum where you're not quite sure how you're perceived by this person. And I'm the one who interviews these people and asks them what your strengths are, what areas and opportunities there are for your development, what it's like to work with you. So you can see what your brand is, how people perceive you. That's what personal brand means. It's not how you see yourself or the idea that you have of yourself or how you think you should have the next career move or move up the ladder. It's how other people perceive you. What I did for myself, well, I did that exercise. I hired somebody to help me do that. Mm -hmm. And I hired a personal branding expert so that she could craft how all of my communication that goes out to clients, prospective clients, people who look at my website, so they will see me in the way and in the light that I want to be perceived and in my best light. So I think otherwise, you're leaving it up to the stars Mm -hmm. to align, which I think is stupid politically Mm -hmm. from a a career crafting standpoint. I think everyone has to take their career into their own hands Mm -hmm. and decide how you want to craft it and then take steps to do it. So the initial step then might be, you know, contacting that specialist or that person who is an expert in building personal brands And then are there further steps that you should take on your own? Or how does the process look like when you are working with someone like that? Well, um, the first activity that I did with my branding person Mm -hmm. 
was what's called he called bookends. And so we started by listing all of the adjectives that describe me, that I think describe me. And that was a good place to start. And then secondly, identifying people to talk to that you can start before you hire either an executive coach, an external founding board, or a branding expert, because every branding expert works a little differently. You can start by identifying, you decide how many people you want to interview to ask them about um, what they see as your strengths, your areas and opportunities for development, and what are the greatest things about working with you and the most challenging. And that's those are two things you can start doing yourself. And with that final bit of advice, we will wrap up this edition of Community Concepts. We've been discussing how women unknowingly sabotage their career success with Wendy Kaplan. You can find out more about Wendy's work by visiting visionquestconsulting.com or wendykaplan.com. Thanks for sharing your advice with us today, Wendy. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you and all of your listeners today. And of course, we love to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Send us your thoughts on this podcast or suggestions for another topic to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also interact with us on Twitter under at the LJN. For all of us here at LJN Radio, I'm Jenna Konar, and thanks for listening.